Welcome to the Last Call podcast. My name is Marissa Whitaker, and I'm the prevention educator at SUNY Cortland. And my name is Sarah McGowan. I'm the assistant director of student health and wellness at Onondaga Community College. Our jobs are to educate students about potential risks associated with substance use. We approach substance use from a neutral stance, and our episodes are rooted in public health with a focus on science and harm reduction. Welcome back, everybody. A couple weeks ago, Sarah and I were talking about some of the outrageous things that we've heard from students talking about some urban legends or drinking hacks. But today we're here to dispel some of those myths and talk about why you shouldn't be trying some of these things at home. So, Sarah, tell me a little bit about coffee filters and vodka. There's a new trend uh, that I've seen on TikTok where people are putting super cheap vodka through like a water filtering system. So, you know, think of a Brita or a coffee maker. Um, and they're saying that putting the, the cheap vodka through any type of filtration system will will turn it into top shelf liquor. So, you know, you start off with a $6 bottle of Barton's, put it through your Brita water filter, and you end up with a, ultimately a bottle of Grey Goose. So what's interesting about this is that it's not the filtration that makes the vodka super smooth. It's the purification and distillation process. So honestly, you can pass your cheap vodka through your Brita as many times as you want. It's not going to magically turn it into Grey Goose. So yes, you might change the, the flavor a little bit, but you're definitely not going to get top shelf liquor from a, a $5 pint um, something else interesting that I've heard is that if you do this, it's going to prevent a hangover, and that's not true either. So, <laughs> you know, not to mention that now every time you go to get water, your Brita pitcher is going to taste like vodka. That does not sound like a fun time to me. Yeah. <laughs> so where's the next one? And, you know, this is something that, um, you know, I'm hoping that you can explain to me. Please tell me, what is a Borg? Yeah, so there's a lot of really good peer-reviewed articles on Borgs. Um, no, there are not. So a Borg stands for a blackout rage gallon, if that's something that you have heard, but you're not familiar with what that breaks down to. So what that is, and we are not recommending this by any means. So I'm explaining what it is. Then we're going to talk about why this is a bad idea. So it's a gallon jug filled with half water, a handle of vodka or bottle of vodka, and a, then a bottle of some of the Mio or a drink mix. So it's touted on these websites that you don't taste alcohol and it hydrates you because theoretically you're drinking a half a gallon of water before you add the alcohol, which I don't understand. Like, how do we know someone's drinking that water before? And then on these websites, it's kind of glossed over like old cigarette ads where, again, you're having that water beforehand, so you're hydrated. So here's why this is problematic. Not tasting alcohol is a problem. Your body and your BAC doesn't care if you're tasting the alcohol or not. So it makes sense if you're not tasting it, you can drink more, which is not a healthy goal, but I see that that's the goal when someone's using <laughs> drinking a Borg. But take into account, too, that a standard bottle of alcohol is 16 shots. Are you taking 16 hours to drink this? Very unlikely. So your body is truly not getting a chance to process through that. And at the very least, this is doing a number on your tolerance, too. So there's not really a good reason to be doing this. Well, it's interesting too, Marissa, if you think about it, you know, it's a good practice to alternate alcoholic drinks and water, um, but you're not doing yourself any favors if you're drinking water with your alcohol. It's not going to cancel out the 
alcohol that you're drinking. And it's most important to hydrate before you start drinking because then you're somewhat replacing some of the electrolytes that you're losing as, as you're drinking more and more. They've taken our messaging and used it against us. <laughs> Touche, but don't do it. <laughs> so this is a very good segue into our next topic. Perhaps maybe if someone had borged the night before, what about hangover remedies? Tell me, tell me about those because I know you've always, we've talked about this before and you have the most like outrageous things that you hear. <laughs> yeah. So this is probably one of the, one of the funnest topics that I like to ask students about. So, you know, one of my favorites, someone told me that it was an old family secret to um, eat canned peaches when they were hungover and that it automatically like cured that hangover. Um, so, you know, that might be something that your family has done for years and years, but there's no magic pill um, or drink or food that's going to prevent or cause your hangover to disappear. So what we're going to do is we're going to break it down. So some things that don't work hair the dog. So I'm sure everyone has heard that continuing to drink the next day or, you know, the night of is going to help, you know, prevent that hangover or prevent it from happening. That's definitely not going to help. So not to mention <laughs> that if you're starting your day with a drink, we should definitely have a conversation. Um, drinking alcohol won't stop or prevent a hangover. It just kind of pushes it down the line so that when you sober up, it's likely going to be worse than ever. Not to mention what responsibilities are you neglecting for a three-day rager? Homework, anyone? <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> yeah. What about certain liquor types? We've covered this in another one of our episodes, but give me a refresher. Yeah, absolutely. So this could actually be true. So we've talked about um, how certain types of liquors can contain more congeners that are likely to cause bad hangovers. So clear liquors like vodka and gin are less likely to cause bad hangovers than alcohol like red wine, whiskey, and rum. But ultimately, if you drink enough of anything, it could give you a hangover. So it's always important to keep track of how much you're drinking. But what about the supplements you can take? Yeah, absolutely. So this this has become super popular. Um, so there are drink mixes that have extra vitamins and minerals in them, like liquid IV. There's also pills you could buy on Amazon. So sometimes, yes, these can be helpful with replacing your body's vitamins that may be lost as a result of drinking. But it's also important to remember that you could replenish these vitamins just through a healthy diet. So Yes, drinking a high amount of alcohol in addition to dehydration is what causes a hangover. So it's important to drink the least amount possible to kind of get you to where you want to be at. But also it's important to eat a good balanced meal before you go out and then throughout the day as well as staying hydrated before you go out. It's funny too that you mentioned replacing vitamins. Yep, we take these things if there are deficiencies, but it's not like, it's a mystery how I don't have these vitamins. I'm like, yo, because you were like drinking a lot the night before. <laughs> so like, there's also some preventative measures we can take to not be to the point where we've lost our supply of vitamins in our body. Yeah, absolutely. Loving on Easy Mac um, <laughs> with no vegetables or fruits is Probably not... vitamin C, it is pretty orange. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marissa, so this is a good one. Um, So can you talk to us a little bit about... Dab rigs. Yes. And going back to the title of this episode, Don't Try This at Home, this is especially important from a safety perspective if your home is a residence hall or an apartment with a lot of residents in it. People use dab rigs when they're using THC concentrates. Oftentimes it involves a blowtorch and in a shared living environment, we see how this is problematic. 
essentially oversimplifying what it's done is someone heats up a ceramic metal glass tool and then that's used to vaporize the THC concentrate. What makes that different than a lighter is that it's really, really, really hot. So getting super high plus a butane torch plus hundreds of people in a shared environment are a lot of ways that this could like turn into Final Destination 6. So again, not a big light that's going out. It's a butane torch. It's hot glass. It's ceramic, metal, really, really hot equipment. So not only the fire risks that could be associated with that, but like risk of burning yourself as well. Um, and in the case of a real fire situation, you know, that would be that would be awful. I know. I thought there were like a bunch of students doing like a French cooking class. With, like, oh, they must be making creme brulee. Like, I don't know. <laughs> they weren't. You're likely not um, using that in the woods in your camper, you know, if, <laughs> if we find that in your recipes. Right. And there are ways that people can heat this up, like using electricity and not a butane lighter. But again, that goes back to that burn. That's still going to be hot. That's still the potential risk of a burn. It's really painful. Also, going back to like what people are using, the high concentrated THC that can also pose a certain set of risks different from flowered cannabis. Again, maybe used in theory, it's a more highly concentrated product. It's more refined. So someone would need less of that than flour to get high. But at the same time, how many people are using those concentrates for that reason? A lot of people use them because it has a really high concentrated THC. They want to get super high. So might not always be used in moderation. Um, also remembering a gram, just because it's the same weight, very different concentrates. So a gram of concentrate, much higher THC than a gram of flour. And again, what is this doing to your tolerance level? So if you're used to using something that's, you know, in the 90% THC area, what is that flour going to do to you later on? Maybe not as much as it would have before. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. Just a disclaimer, we are not condoning or encouraging anyone to try the things that we've we've talked about today. Um, That's we why it's called wanted... Don't Try This at Home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just wanted to make sure that we outlined, you know, some of the risks with things that we've we've seen or heard um pretty significantly over the last couple couple years. So thank you so much for joining us and we will catch you on the next one. Bye.